And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally. We're about halfway through this year's Hurling Championship season and I'm delighted to be joined in studio by John Mulhall, former Kilkenny Hurler and very honest, frequent viewer with us on the Clash Act. So uh, John, you, you, you've been brought back again because you speak the truth and we, and we love to hear the truth here. Thanks a million. I don't, I don't get that when, I'm, when people are abusing me when they're, <laughs> <laughs> when they're after listening, but uh, I don't mind. Uh, the last time, the last time we spoke, it's, it's probably going back a while now. I can't remember was it the first time or the, last, or the second time, but the insurance for players was one of the biggest issues. Has that been all sorted? Uh, well, I didn't hear anything about it this year, and it just seems to be just coming out of membership. So there wasn't any issue. I haven't heard of anything since. So I think I, the solution was they made a fund. Or? Yeah, no, there's a fund. There's a fund definitely in place. I know one of our own players took a bad injury last. Two weeks ago, he got a bad injury to his eye, and my understanding is, I'll be interested to see how long it takes for this to play out from. But um, I've been told that there's a kind of central fund as yeah, opposed to an insurance I policy. I can't really remember, but I think there was money put aside, and next it went up a little. But there was an extra, say, amount taken off the clubs and put into a fund for wages and stuff. I can't remember really the whole, but it was sorted anyway. I think. No, no, that's a, it's a vital thing anyway because it was it was I was yeah, surprised. Sure, if you don't have that security behind you when you're playing you're you're going to lose a lot an yeah. awful lot of lads no no and, and and rightly so like I mean it's it's an amateur sport and you can't expect lads to be out of work for yeah, four months or five even, months like I know the, everyone's on about inflation but like to um, any of the like physios are going up everything is going up so if you didn't have that support of clubs and people buying um, buying into clubs with their membership and supporting players and supporting their clubs, you wouldn't be able to play really, to be honest. It's like it's 50, 60 euros to go to a physio. So, and let's be honest, a lot of lads just use it when they're not injured on a hurling field as well, like or when they're walking the dog or anything like that. So it solves a lot of problems for a lot of lads and gets them through any ailments they have just been involved in the GA, you know. Yeah, no, no, and it's look, it's 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 a massive part, but I always kind of it always comes back to me for the players, and I do. I you hear this kind of trashed out the whole time. Oh, 97 percent of the GEA is made up of club players. We all know that, but it's actually a hundred percent of players is the GEA is made up of club players. Three percent make up the counties. But I'm glad that it seems to be some resolution has been made with the insurance thing. It'll be something that we'll watch now over the next few weeks. I'll definitely confirm that. Yeah, I look, <laughs> these things are. Fast ones are always pulled and they might try and change it again but for the moment it seems okay. So John, what I was saying at the start is we're about halfway through what is the new kind of split season and we'll talk about that in a minute but like right now we've 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 went through all the round robin Leinster games and Munster games. We're at the Leinster final and Munster final stage. We're at the Joe Mack final stage. Uh, off air before we started recording we both kind of agreed that the format is definitely box office um, for, for Leinster and Munster. It's, it's been a championship you've been enjoying so far. Yeah, no, like the when it happened before COVID and was there was the five matches and in Munster and Leinster, it was unbelievable. And then there was the two year break, obviously. But barring last Sunday, when say the Munster final was decided, which wasn't really the way things were meant to work out, just the way the season went, um, and the two matches kind of worked out poor enough. Other than that, like if that had to be close and going into um, say scoring difference and stuff like that it would have been an unbelievable Sunday I didn't look at the Premiership really on Sunday but like I wouldn't have looked at it at all if it had to be anyway close you know so um, 
other than your Leeds getting through and uh, the the title like Asser City they were always going to get those three goals <laughs> I, I, I agree I, I kind of did think they were always going to get it they did get three goals in five minutes it was pretty box office over there too but I, I definitely take your point like in my house we're all Leeds fans so we had two TVs because we were kind of throwing our eyes over every few minutes and flicking from RT1 to RT2 watching the hurling but there were two dead rubber games and then they actually they ended up being the, the two winners kind of ran away with the games there was no real contest whereas on the premiership side of things you know you had City 2-0 down Liverpool drawing one all you know it was the knife edge Leeds were drawing 1-1 one, one. Austin Villa or uh, Burnley were losing 2-1 yeah. if they equalised we were relegated it was a very stressful time in my house but uh, <laughs> thankfully we don't have to worry about it for the summer but, but, but on the field of play the format is what it is but like if I met you two months ago and I'd asked you who the real protagonists for the All Ireland Championship were this year, like you know the, the the chosen word by everybody on the street was look Limerick are pretty much invincible, still looks that way. But the other team everybody was saying looked to be the biggest challengers to Limerick based on their league form was Waterford. Um, were you horrified or? It was only I teach down in Waterford and it was only two weeks, maybe sixteen days ago. I'd be in the staff room talking with lads and. It was all positivity. Waterford are going to win the All Ireland, and but there was this little non feeling with a couple of them that if they lose to Cork, they'll be under pressure, and it played out that way. And whatever happened, Waterford in Walsh Park Park, I don't think that field suits them, as in it's a little bit too small for them. And the atmosphere, I I know it. The atmosphere was just waiting for something to kick off because the Waterford fans loved their hurling, but just the matches on the TV seemed to be like without atmosphere, whatever. They just wanted something like a goal or something to kick them off, but it never got going for them. And then they lost to Cork and, um, uh, I don't know, Tipperary then. Sure, they were poor against Tipperary as well, really. Like Tip kept into them for like 65 minutes. And Shardin against Clare, just to, I think it's a Waterford t- like it wouldn't happen in other counties, but when the wheels came off the bus, heads dropped very quick. Well and truly, and I don't know. It, it was a, it was a very disappointing performance from a Waterford point of view. That game in Clare, like with yeah, with Tony Kelly not even playing, like yeah, and Clare had eleven, twelve different scores. Yeah, because they've been and reliant we, we, on. And if we were going before the championship, that if Tony Kelly wasn't playing a match that they'd have 12 scorers and win by 15, 20 points against Waterford, you'd have thought nah, we were crazy. White coats taking you away straight yeah. away. You don't know, But it's like, the one thing I have found in the last seven days, or even a little bit more so, but the speed at which Liam Cal, like the, the, the speed at which ex-hurlers have come out and just bastardise them and destroy them and there must be this wrong in the camp and there must be that wrong in the camp eight weeks ago Liam Cal was the hottest property in Hurling and now he's dam- I won't say damaged goods that's not unfair and I don't mean in, in any way knocking Liam I'm on about the speed at which people are turning on him it's it's. I, d- I don't know like like Liam Cal and Mikey Bevins his drills and I've often heard people saying that he's like his drills are unbelievable that he's one like any lad that's had him and said he's the best coach they seemed a little dead maybe maybe just winning the league got to their heads a little and maybe they overtrained a bit and they probably looked past Munster maybe that was the case I 
trying to put ahead of themselves. Yeah, and just try to train through Munster and oh we'll win, we'll get through these games and we'll be ready for the latter end. But obviously Clare didn't take the league too seriously and Limerick obviously didn't take it seriously and maybe that freshness is coming through now. It's been like Maybe two, three years ago, remember the Division 1B teams were winning the leagues. Correct. With the easier routes. So this year it seems to be the teams that didn't take the league as serious seem to be coming kicking in. Kicking on. Kicking on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, look, because we won't dwell on it too much, but like you'd have to say, like Liam Cal, there was no question or doubt about it. He was offered a tip job. He didn't take it. Um, you know, with Waterford, when they won the league, and it's like I'm not knocking other pundits it doesn't bother me at all I just what I don't like is don't put me on a pedestal on Monday and on Friday then say that I'm doing something wrong or whatever and I seen it last year and I seen it after Waterford won the National League I watched it on or listened to it on the radio one of the pundits saying oh this is a different bunch of Waterford boys like you look at them they're not celebrating this league win they're walking off the field like this is everyday occurrence for them you know same guy is out then oh we got the team news on Tuesday and there's obviously problems in the camp and everything is coming around but sure, I suppose when you're losing everyone dives in on you yeah look it's, I don't know you'd want to be inside the camp but it didn't seem like that it seemed like there was something happened or I know the team was leaked on the Thursday people in Waterford had the team which is like if that happened up here there'd be there'd be a whole scale uh, investigation take place you know what I mean like so um I don't know how that kind of just that loss to Cork just killed him. It sucked the life out of everything. Big crowd in Waterford and maybe the players just maybe like with Ozzy and all the like. Obviously, Cork targeted Ozzy that day. Once he has a yellow, just drag him to the ground. He'll do something like. And it was a harsh red, in my opinion. Like he got dragged to the ground. He held on. And sure. The ma- poor like I'd hate to be Ozzy Gleason like because he's getting that attention on a daily basis now is he are they they're right to give him the attention they probably are they know they'll probably get a reaction but I don't think it's fair on him obviously Grod Hegarty Ozzy Gleason getting targeted by referees which is and another thing is the referees I don't know is it meant to be happening but you can see clearly on TV there's someone talking into their ear that's looking at the TV. Oh, definitely, yeah. Which, I don't know, is that... I don't allowed? think they watch the Sunday game now as much as they're watching the monitors, is it? Well, they're watching the Sunday game and listening to all the talk, but they're listening to someone in their earpiece. Clearly, you can hear them, they sometimes put to, to their hand to their ear and listening to see, well, what does that look like on telly? Have you noticed that? See, I know they're mic'd up and I know that they, they can hear, like some referees have it that their umpires can talk to them during the game as yeah. well. Some have it that the linesmen are mic'd up with them as well. I know there was questions about when Richie Hogan was sent off, if you remember that against mm. Tipperary, uh, James Owens, very popular person on this show yeah. and well loved around Kilkenny, but he definitely took advice from the sky yeah. uh, as to, he says he didn't, they're but he did. They're definitely, um, they have, they're hooked up to someone who's watching the TV. I don't believe they're watching the Sunday game, though, John. No, no, not the TV, <laughs> no, but yeah. the actual game live. The monitor, yeah. yeah. I think it's just maybe a second opinion or maybe just confirm my on-field decision. Which would have been perfect for, like, say, that goal against, tip scored against Waterford a couple of years ago when Ozzy clearly caught the ball. Yeah, yeah, the ball But went. I don't know, is that, like, is it allowed for them to have that... 
I don't know. Well, if it's, if they're using it, it should be scripted that it's there. It's like VAR. It's like a, yeah. you, know, you know that it's there. I, I, have, I haven't seen it in the rule books that they can't, but I haven't seen it in the rule books that they're allowed to have it. Yeah. I mean, the referee just, is the I referee. Just think it's very odd that your decision should be just based on what you're seeing with your own eye and the umpire as well. Yeah, but see, kind of because if you've thrown it in, we go we go to it now. Is when you talk about the referee and decisions, like I often worry, and right down to the scale of playing junior hurling, intermediate hurling, and Kilkenny or senior hurling. I often get worried like I'd ring my club secretary when we're looking for referees and he'd say right John Mulhall is refereeing your game there on Wednesday we're playing a friendly and I'd say that's grand and then the following week we have a friendly and he'd say I'll get John Mulhall and I'd say no no get me someone else I don't want John Mulhall to referee us for the next three or four games then get him in a championship match and he already has my player's characteristics down so he knows Johnny is likely to swing wild or Paddy is constantly throwing the ball instead of hand passing the property and, that, and you know mm. what I mean that you, you kind of get that and I know referees aren't meant to mm. but if you're a referee if you look at Gerard Hegarty he feels that he's been victimised uh, on the field of play now he's putting in for it a bit like he's got a, he's got a wet murder a couple of times with swinging hurls and whatnot. but he was sent off I think probably you know a little bit harshly the last day I think of, of all the incidents that he's been involved in I thought that was probably the harshest of his red cards but the question I'd put to you is the referees are they watching the Sunday game and are they being influenced by the Sunday game? Is it is it something that's happening on the field of play do you think? I think it all comes back to those I think they're being assessed and there's assessors and they're they're obviously like they, I don't know what the top 12 referees because the 12 same lads they're probably told to review the weekend before his matches and say what did you do wrong here and like they're going through a whole weekend's matches saying this incident, this incident, look out for this next weekend because the game's come ticking fast. So obviously Galan or whoever, they're looking out for these things off these individual players, which wouldn't have been great when Tommy and the boys were going 10 years ago. Would have went against us a little. But you have a four week gap, you have time to... Yeah, it's nearly forgotten about. But this week they're like... A certain ref goes into a match and he's nearly been like, right, this Gleason, watch him like a hawk. You know, Limerick lads, the two or three of them, watched him like hawks. And obviously, that was probably, he did pull back and I, it was stupid of him, like, in fairness. He did give a little kind of a pull back with the hurl, which he does a lot. Yeah, I know really. he does it regularly. Like, but, yeah. but if you look at, I can't remember his name, the referee for the Dublin Kilkenny match, like it was, it was basically there was two teams of 15, 15 on 15 and it was just a ball was fired in and it was get out there now and absolutely flake it out of it. And it was just all out warfare for about 20 minutes. I think that, I, I, I can't remember but I, I, I remember thinking there hasn't been a free in this match at all. Now I, in my head I was thinking there's after been about 20 frees that should have been given but and then you hear the pundits saying, oh he's, Jesus he's great referee he lets the game flow and I'm kind of thinking someone's going to get killed out there. And then you have the exact opposite. I felt in Nolan Park on Saturday um, and I'm not being unfair here on this but I actually thought Owen Cody I thought Damien Reck could have been done uh, there was definitely maybe 10 occasions where the ball was fired into Owen Cody and he was wrestled to the ground he was fouled he was being pulled he was being dragged he got nothing. Um, on another day he'd have got 10 frees TJ that stuck him over the bar and Wexford would have been beaten out of sight um, there's massive inconsistencies um, with refereeing like there's no I know you have personal opinions and interpretations but I mean at the end of the day how is it that some referees just let them go wild and are great for it and then other referees are quite pernickety yeah, like, 
there's only 12 refs and they're all their own styles and different ways of refing matches. Like, the worst thing as a forward, like, I've been knowing Cody's shoes, like, when a lad is just, pers- like, is sacrificing his own game, like Rick, and he's, his manager Egan is saying, you just, like, Co- him. Cody is unbelievable. Like, against Galway, he was just, Best player in Ireland kind of stuff going on. Getting, winning every ball, catching balls low, high. So then Egan, Darry Egan goes to Rick, I don't want you to even look at a ball. Just spile him and stop him. And that's the only way you can mark these kind of guys. Well, does the referee have not an onus yeah, well, to protect Yeah, no, he does. He does have an onus to protect him. And it's <laughs> if, if it's a game like last Saturday... And it's hot and heavy and on Cody's getting pushed to the side, you can get lost in a match like that and it doesn't get picked up because the ball doesn't it's not even reaching him and he's been pushed out of the way and someone else swoops in it's so fast like so it can go over your head, but there is an onus on the referee to protect him, but sometimes you can get away with it. Okay, so we, we, we we're putting it down to more of the assessors focusing on the referees and then referees re- repeatedly and own, out again. And the refs probably look at their own performance and say, oh, I missed that. And Do you I listen w- to the outside noise though? I, like, I, I'd say there is a general sense of everyone looks at the Sunday game and... It's funny, David if, Goff was on one time and he said to me, I don't look at the Sunday game and then he said, he said to me, yeah, yeah, he said, and that night on a Sunday game, they, they ridiculed me for, and I said, well, thank God you don't watch it then, you know, yeah. and he kind of laughed it off. Now he's a super referee in football, but like yeah. everybody else, he's, no, he's made of mistakes. I'd say it's like a player looks at the TV and looks at papers like players say they don't look at papers and all that but you do and if your performance is not good enough you're critiqued and it's the way you react to that really and if you if you're if the paper says you played bad and then you go out the next day and you use it and you play well same with a referee if you get critiqued and say you had a terrible game then you can change your performance but some referees are going to blow the whistle more others are not going to blow it as much into Nolan Park then on Saturday we've a Leinster it's, it, it ends up I don't know I was confused by the game at full time I was confused as to who was gone and who wasn't gone I thought yeah. I don't know maybe my maths were completely and utterly yeah. had deserted me maybe I don't know but we ended up we in were, a situation uh, was it three years ago Dubl- Dublin Beck Galway correct and Bexford, we through. got du- or we got through obviously but Galway got done that's right. So potentially, if Dublin had to do a job on Galway, Kilkenny were gone. We'd be here talking about our exit. So we we were very lucky that that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, no, because it was like when the full time whistle went, the guy beside me said to me, "What way does that work now?" And I said, "I think it's Wexford and Galway in the Leinster final." Mm. And then the guy behind me said, "No, it's not." No, and I said, no. "Why?" And he said, "Scoring difference." Yeah, and then I said, "Why didn't it go to head to head?" Because because it was three teams and six, six points and. Yeah. Okay, so then that's where I was a little bit lost. And then obviously, I, I, you know, I, I, it had been a long day and it was quite warm <laughs> in that weather. But now, the, the one thing I would say about the match itself, um, I, I know you said to me before that there's a very strong familiarity between them two teams that played each other quite regularly down through the last number of years. There was, there was three massive things in it for me and I'll break it into the three and then I'll let you take it on and see what you think. Number one is, Darry Egan has taken over from Davy Fitzgerald. He's tried to develop this new style of hurling for Wexford and he's going to do... X, Y, and Z, and and whatnot. But even jokingly, it was commented on the radio 
I remember listening to South East Radio where Sean and Tom Dempsey said it and he said it as a joke uh, when Waterford were tearing them apart he said oh Jesus Liam this isn't going to plan but I won't hear any talk of a sweeper so Wexford had dismissed the sweeper option they weren't going to do it anymore they're coming to town to play Kilkenny and Darry Egan plays a sweeper straight away so he reverts back to the way Davy Fitz sets up that's number one in my own head number two was Wexford have never beaten Kilkenny in Nolan Park in a championship match and they go and do it against all the odds and number three is Kilkenny's use of the ball during this championship you could see this new version of play that they're trying to work with they just literally threw all that in the bin and went out with a I don't know what the tactic was maybe it was hit the big men but it just played straight into Wexford hands so we start with Darry Egan reverting to a sweeper did that shock you? Well it wouldn't shock you going on the previous week's performance against Westmead so obviously he had seen the years previous matches and knows that works against Kilkenny so he would have been mad to come into Nolan Park and play 15 on 15 when the week previous they played Westmead in Westmead 15 on 15 and drew the match so then through that week he was obviously like right we'll go to the sweeper we know Kilkenny don't like playing against the sweeper and we'll take our chances on that. We know how to play it. They have the systems worked up for five, six years with Davy, And has it ever not worked against us? Have they ever hammered us? Have, have we ever hammered Wexford? No, no. but would Kilkenny have expected that? Um, I wouldn't say they would have been overly surprised by it, to be honest. I like Just because he played 15 and 15. like In every game since he took yeah, over as manager. Yeah, well, it didn't work in Wexford Park against Dublin. They were very, very poor. Should have won the match. I was Definitely watching yeah, it, yeah. but they hit an amount of wides and put themselves under pressure going into this match, which obviously gave them the performance because we didn't need to win-win. I know there was the element of... Small chance Dublin would be Galway, but that yeah, was, really wasn't going to happen. I think in our heads, you know, like it's always that underlying thing in a group stage, you don't need to win you're not going to get the ultimate performance not do or die and that fed into it a little Wexford were there do or die this is championship like they needed it more they needed it more and that's why it came down to in the end our use of the ball then second I thought like if you look at Owen Cody's or Owen Murphy's puck out past Owen Cody and he, Owen Cody's passed then into Mossy Keown for a point that's one of the best scores you'll see this year the puck out drilled 90 yards onto a non-running own Cody he drilled the ball if it had to be hit at me it would have been out in the stand <laughs> like an unbelievable control from Mossy Keown and over the bar like that was an unbelievable score um, and that was in the first half then that kind of thing just I wasn't at the match myself now I don't know was the wind a factor in the second half but that kind of element of playing the ball went over complete in the second half which does when you're four points down and seems to with us a bit more we revert back to route one kind of stuff which doesn't suit like when you have Walter they have their matchups correct with Kilkenny like they have Paddy Foley on Walter 6 foot 4 versus 6 foot 4 whereas Walter other days might be on a lad 6 one six two, and he has that 2 inch reach advantage then you have like centre back I thought Richie Reid played well but he was probably a bit deep he was he was nearly sitting as a sweeper himself and it probably dragged us back a little as well. Um, but 
Yeah, we did revert back to kind of a bit of Route 1 in the second half. But it, it doesn't seem to worry you in the slightest. Like, when I, when I, I spoke, still think we'll win the Leinster final. Yeah, no, and that, that was the feeling I got off you straight away. That you, but if they win the Leinster final, they're in an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, and we were in an All-Ireland semi-final last year. But going on to that, playing the likes of Cork doesn't suit us because speed, I think we're not built for speed. Um and running at us directly, which that um, young, was it young Dunbar got a pint there near the end. Like, we should have had it gone off him about five times, but he was direct and he was running. Chin was, started running at us direct in the second half. We don't like to be run at now. Uh, I know it's not a, it is a big thing, but it seems to affect us a lot. Um, we didn't start Parig Welsh the weekend. Maybe we could revert to putting Parig back maybe a little bit, maybe midfield or half back again. If you're not going to be playing him in the forwards, like going forwards, if, 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 you have to play him in the backs but, or midfield. But that's like, like my head would say, and I did, you know. No, I'm not saying our backs are going bad. No, I don't, don't mean that. Mm. I wouldn't say that for a second either. But if Kilkenny have 15 players better than Parig Welsh, they should be winning the All-Ireland. Yeah, I uh, look. Look, players go through form. It was a. It was <laughs> essentially, a it is. It is a league match, so there is an element of you can rest, lads. Do I wouldn't you think that was what happened. Well, I wouldn't say he was injured, or I wouldn't say he was rested. I'd say he was maybe dropped. maybe he he was dropped. Yeah, and John and, Donnelly. Um, maybe it's a throw between four or five of the forwards. Baratija, like you could leave off four of our forwards and put John Donnelly in and there's no going to be great talk but the big decision was leaving Parig off um, if you're not going to start Parig centre forward or wing forward then you have to be looking at in the back, so looking at back wing, back or wing back full back with Hugh Lawler gone um, <laughs> should a man can play anywhere so maybe that might happen but like if you make a decision to put Parig in the forwards at the start of the year it's hard to then revert him back but he's the only guy that it doesn't matter where he plays, so he could go anywhere. Paddy Deegan's performance for Lachlan Gales a full forward in a in a in a in a senior club semi club yeah. final this year. His, his performances throughout the whole campaign for Lachlan Gales, he was a revelation of full forward. Um, it's good to see him playing it twice. So impressed with him. I'm just so impressed with him in every way. I just think he's a wonderful player. Well, my view on hurling is that anyone should be able to play anywhere. So if they were to put Parig to make a change, you could put Parig wing back and put Paddy in the forwards I wouldn't see you're going into a Leinster final but why not like if you lose the Leinster final you're still you're in the quarters anyway. you're in the quarters so there's nothing really to lose if it's a case that Parig is probably not going as well in the forwards as he was maybe like things are tighter like you're not going to, you're not going to score five six points from play out half forward marking a man because we don't play that game where it's very loose like the Cork Cork players the way they play they're running around a lot Harnady can pick up six points because he's in a position where he's not even I don't know where he's playing he's playing whereas Parik Welch when he's playing with Kilkenny has to be centre forward there's no everyone plays in everyone plays in everyone plays in their positions so you're not you, no one has free reign if if Walter Welch is out on the half back line or over on the far wing you're going to be getting Walter you know like 
go back to your position. So there's not that element of freedom to go to different positions. That's not, that's not, that's not going to change this year. No, it's not, no. So like with other teams, they have that element of a little bit of freedom to go into different positions. But in Kilkenny, we don't play that way. You can obviously, if you were make a big gut-busting run and you're half-forward and you end up on the other side, you just call, Walter, you go over there for minute, and then it reverts back after the next play. But I suppose it's not that freedom that other teams might have. Austin Gleeson can go where he like every match. But does that make Kilkenny very predictable? It Gives like, that if, like if you're Wexford this week preparing to play, like but Wexford's gone, it's over. Yeah, beat yeah, we, if you're Galway this week preparing, Henry's preparing his Galway team to play Kilkenny in an All Ireland or a Leinster final. Yeah, is it fair to say that the, the Kilkenny setup will be very predictable and Henry will be able to say, right, that's exactly how they're going to play, and we're going to target it. And you might get one name change, but it won't change the setup, it won't change how to play the game, it won't do any of that. You might have a like Wally the time he started the All Ireland final, you might get in a rabbit over hat, but it'll yeah, still well, be I, I Galway Galway could actually play a sweeper if they wanted, but they won't. They'll set up fairly the same. But if I if you were Galway you could probably chance the sweeper but I'd go fifteen out fifteen. But that's like I'm not running down Kilkenny here I'm just saying that we don't have that element of freedom in some positions TJ can probably move around a little but in terms of mm. other teams it is a bit predictable oh, no, that I, we can yeah, no, no, I, yeah. and I completely I take your point 100% you see it even with Limerick you know when when, when Hayes was playing a wing back you know he was catching balls running length of field and heading into goal scoring chances this type of thing Like they, were, they, they play with a kind of yeah but their plan is but Look, Limerick, I just think they're just ahead of the game in terms of physical specimens. Like, we don't... Like, Kyle Hayes, Groat Hegarty, Keane Lynch, they just have a, just an exceptional group of forwards at the moment. Peter Casey comes back. But Aaron Gillan on the edge of the square, like, he's just... Know, it's, it's everywhere on the field. It's it's They are, and they even midfield. I don't know who, and the lads in the full back line, should they, all of them. But I think the best team to challenge Limerick in a one-off day is us. Because I think they hold their, they play very similar. It's just they have, hate to say it, probably better players to do it at the moment than us in terms of physicality and size and probably a bit of skill-wise as well because we have young lads playing whereas they just have lads right 20, 27, 8, 9 years of age in their prime, three All-Irelands one, and they're there. Whereas, like, if you were to talk about I'm not going to get into negative, but the positives for Kilkenny this year have been huge. Mikey Butler, um, David Blanchfield, King Kenny, another bit of size to go, but he'll be an unbelievable hurler for us for 10 years. Yeah, you carry wing backs. Mikey Carey's flying up the wing. Like, huge positives, but will we win in All-Ireland? No. Will we beat Galway the week next week? Probably, I think we'll probably beat him. I don't. I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if we did. Beat since an All Ireland win. Then is it twenty fifteen? Was twenty fifteen? Yeah. So you're heading up on eight chairs now. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. So if there was a new manager that took over after twenty fifteen, would he be gone by now? Um, most definitely. But that's not like that's not to say that we didn't need to go through a period of rebuilding, which we are in. 
but in terms of where Tipperary are, we're never going to be in that space where we're bottom of Leinster with five games or six games gone. To be fair to Tipperary, like Waterford, Clare, Cork, (laughs) Limerick would all be in a Leinster final this weekend. Well, Maybe if we were in Munster, maybe we could have got caught one year where we, we might lose all our games, but we're not. So thankfully that's for I us. And actually I read an article today which I thought was brilliant and it said when Kilkenny were dominating All-Ireland Champions, they were winning everything. There was still an argument that the Munster Championship was far better than the Leinster Championship, that Munster Hurling was far better than Leinster. You know, that, 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 that argument's been going on for 50 years. But so when, it's you a know, ridiculous argument. Five of the strongest teams are in Munster. So, and there's three now four of the strongest teams in Leinster so obviously they have that numerical advantage this is it and uh, you know you're going to have it. We, we come off that because I, I, I just I've I just, I kind of pushed enough on this one but <laughs> the under 20 is brilliant for Kilkenny won in All-Ireland a couple of couple, week ago now um, Derek Lynn's charges good win against Limerick Unreal, yeah. um, bit of a talking point the point that wasn't uh, the, the one that was waved as uh, he, he said it was a point um, it's just it's typical GA again like they have the facility in the stadium bizarre call not to use it now sure t- what other sport would you get in <laughs> like does what's the logic it saved them 175 euro to have a lad coming down to I don't know, so, yeah the cost of electricity but um, yeah so it's just a joke like, now these things happen in sport it was unfortunate and I, and I know it's well, it doesn't happen in sport because what I mean is there's a call there's calls and games that go wrong it happens wrong. in the GAA but um, it doesn't in, happen in, in everything but if you if like I remember Brian Cody saying it to Marty Morrissey we're going to analyse every decision he made today you know that'd be like if Brentford and bloody Burnley were playing and they were like oh no we're not turning VAR on for this match because we're going to save the batteries for yeah, the next game. Yeah, later on today. United and City are playing after lads. So no, it's fair enough. It was it was a bit of a strange one, but no. Full congrats to the lads. It was brilliant. There was a couple of small ones that I have on it there. Limerick were void of one of their players because he played senior hurling for Limerick in the championship. The first one I'd say to you is the under twenties. If a player is good enough to be playing senior hurling for his county and he's still a, a age makes him eligible to play under twenties, what? in the name of God will be the reason why that lad can't play for his county um, so the whole thing is a joke like <laughs> lads doing their leaving cert now there's there could be I'd say maybe there was probably 15 lads between the two teams doing their leaving cert Gro Dunn was doing his leaving cert Harry Shine wasn't playing he's doing his leaving it's basically the school's championship and added in a couple of freshers from college yeah from college but they've completely messed the whole system has been completely messed up. Now you have a scenario where kids doing the junior cert are playing in minor All-Irelands. Yeah. Kids doing the leaving cert are playing in the under-20 All-Irelands. The GEA moved the minor from under-18 to under-17 to stop the kids doing the leaving cert having to play. And then so, you've... Look, this changing of the Oaks was just the biggest travesty to ever happen the sport. They were get, the whole thing was player welfare and exams and blah blah Sure, it's just after moving it like the under 20 is now affected my don't worry about the exams the, the exams were never issue, like I don't know why this was moved it was just people just trying to change things they can easily just this has to be reverted back to the old way 18 and 21 the 17s matches fair play to all the boys awfully leash unbelievable the amount of crowd that was at it 
that could have happened if it was 18 you know that that wasn't just because it was 17 would have happened but, but probably have a few points after yeah, the game as well yeah but like this whole thing yeah they're all let's bring it on to that if it's 17 now you're just making people drink at 17 and 16 yeah, no, instead of when it was minor it was actually 18 people would be drinking but we won't even start talking no, about it no but it, 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 without, without even doing it that side it's it's just like I don't mind if if something has changed for the better or if we're trialling something but th- it seems to me that the GEA have this tendency to do certain things and then say do you know what I'm never changing if a few people start if something is not broken and people just start saying oh but this lad's playing county minor hurling and football and then next thing it just bloody escalates into oh we need to change this because of mental health and player welfare what's all this about at club level now you have five six seven eight lads every year in a rural club 15 20 in the likes of the borough going in 17 years of age now training with adult teams and trying to get onto senior junior F's and D's and E's and B's and playing against men and you're losing them to the game because they're <laughs> they're, they're just you get lost because oh sure I just played against some old lad there yeah, where, the, the <sighs> thing where they used to play 18 you'd be playing your own crowd minor championship and it was an unbelievable. It's got challenge. another year to develop. Like I, I, I was chatting to one of the lads yeah. in work yesterday. And if you're was, a small seventeen-year-old. You're. you're, you're, you're this level. year is gone. Yeah. This year is just a not in year. You're in fifth year. You're finished your school, and in June then you have a junior B league match of a Tuesday, uh, with with Rocky beside you, who's forty-two, and. All the other young lads are heading off and you're like, I'm sure I'll go to the beach as well. You know, and then that's that year gone. Then if they go through that year, they're into the next year and you could have them lost, which is happening for the last two, three years. No, it's it's, it's definitely happening all over the place because I see it myself with my own club that I'm managing the first maybe year or second year. Like we would have always invited the younger players to come and train with us even though they're not eligible because we're a small parish. But what I've noticed is the cycle is slowing down where I was getting maybe four or five young lads stepping up every year. It's gone from four or five. I think this year maybe one has come up from minor to, to join our adult group, which is a worry. But the, the biggest worry I'd have with the, the whole under 17 and under 20 setup is the reasoning for it. The reasoning for that was exam age. This is specifically what I was told because I've asked and I've, I've investigated, I've pushed it. It was to, to for the exams, right? So now, as I said to you, kids doing the junior cert are, 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 are playing minor and kids doing the leaving cert are playing under 20s. I'll go back to when I was 17, brother Damien was over our minor teams and he was the principal out in Callan, bloody blah, teacher all his life. And he said the best thing he could do, you're here from 11 till half 12 run around for an hour and a half and you'll be able to study 10 times as much in the afternoon as if you are if you weren't here. You know, that this was the thing, the done thing. Out of that team, you have doctors, lawyers, the same way it was for 40 years previous, 10 years after. And then the argument came in, oh, but lads are doing this and that. Sure, now lads are playing, they're doing their, what was last week, the 22nd of May? Lads doing their leaving cert, 
and if they broke their finger, this was the big argument, oh, lads could get hurt. So now they're playing bloody All-Ireland finals two weeks before they're leaving. Whereas before... It was September, leaving so it was well and truly finished. Yeah. And, but that's bringing me on to the, the last point that will on the under-20s, the last two points. Look, Senior players not being allowed to play for the under-20s team. Joe, like, I just have a few names. Cartock Daly, Colin Coughlin didn't play because Limerick were going so well. Shane Mean, Clare, O'Shane Pepper, we lost, we, we bet Wexford by a point O'Shane Pepper couldn't play. Cotton O'Neill couldn't play for Limerick. We were lucky enough but to negate that we lost Harry Shine to injury. So I we were missing a couple of lads as well. But like But see the lads like Harry getting injured, massive loss, brilliant player. But what would be unfair is just say if Owen Cody was eligible. Yeah. He shouldn't be like the, the last team to kick any would be. It's an absolute but. joke. It's an absolute joke. There's two things should be changed next year. It should be revert back to the old 1821s and the other thing is that rule of the players now you're adding in and when it goes back to 21 you're adding in about probably a hundred extra county players senior so county players to play them at the exact same no, time as senior champions but should the matches to be on a Wednesday sure when you're a young lad that's but I, like, I remember Kilkenny like, had won the All-Ireland we won on 2008 the last yes. 21 there was Richie Hogan and TJ Reid if we didn't have to have them we wouldn't have won any All-Ireland but then just came back. Tipperary, we played Tipperary, who had, I think, five lads started the 2009 All Ireland. So probably the both teams wouldn't have even got to that year's under 21 All Ireland. Like, these lads have to, be, if you can't play your own age groups, there's no point in actually playing bloody sport. Yeah, because it was one of the things that, that, that I read, and I, it was that the TJ Reid, Richie Hogan were the two that highlighted that came back to that Kilkenny team that won it back then but they were saying that the amount of players that are playing senior level and training at that hard level and the whole lot that, that were able to back in the day drop back to play with their own age group they loved it There was they were said if you were to do a straw poll there was no player coming out saying he didn't want to play Hogan came back they didn't stand out in that all earned they didn't score 20 pints or anything. of course not no no I think TJ got two pints and Richie got 1-1 one, one. like there was they're just coming back into their own grade probably wrecked from the week before but like played the match won with their own age group and then for the actual history of the game like you won an under 20 All-Ireland under 21 All-Ireland blah blah you're taking that opportunity off them boys like you go Brian Murphy Cork he won all the medals hurling football these boys can't don't even have the opportunity to win the medals that other before the moon, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an absolute joke. It's a bloody disgrace. Will it be reviewed at Congress this year? Do you think it have to be? Is and I don't know. They'll probably just keep the ages, but that rule with the players not being allowed to play is a travesty to the sport. <laughs> but see, again, do you see much about it in the media? Do you see much complaining about it? Well, counties should refuse to play or do something because does it on, on the event. Yeah, it does. And not, and not to undermine our victory, if we had to have three lads on it, we'd be the ones giving out. Oh, hold on. I wouldn't be for one. Every single team in yeah. the Under-20 Championship is playing off the exact same level field. Kilkenny won the All-Ireland yeah. and under Mertz. I know. Totally deserved. That's not what I'm saying for one second. I know you're not saying that, but um, this should be changed. 100%. Yes. And I, I think I think we're both in agreement with that, that if it's not in the Congress this year, the GEL have missed another year of yeah, messing around. Yeah. Uh, Right, on to the next two or three. Can't get any angrier on that. <laughs> on to the next two or three small ones, right? The split season. There was a lot of nerves and a kind of 
and anxiety in the beginning. I spoke to the head of the GPA at the time. He said to me, you know, this is, this is, this is going to be pretty okay. It'll be fine. Speak to that a bit from the GA. Yeah, no, no, it'll be fine. For whatever reason, they agreed that this is what it's going to be doing. I know you listened to the lads on the Sunday game at the weekend or on, my, on the Sunday game. They were saying, um, you know, we're running our season off too quick. We're going to be losing out to other sports. I don't think that's the argument that I'd be worried about. The one I'm more worried about is the club scene. Uh, teams going to be losing star players. I believe Chris Nolan has gone to the States now. Marty Cavan has gone to the States now. That's two clubs that are going to be losing their their jewels in the crown for the Carlo Championship this year if the two boys are gone for the summer, which has been suggested. In Kilkenny, I've already heard three or four intercounty players are going travelling. That's their club's going to be doing without them. I'm sure the split season wasn't put in place for this reason, but what the split season is going to happen is it's going to mean that intercounty players that stay with the clubs are going to have to play for 12 months of the year. Well, just as a look, I did look it up last night. So there is lads going to go to America and they're going to miss three rounds of the Kilkenny League. The finals in America are August 21st. So you'd be back for the last two rounds of the Kilkenny Championship. Now, now you're not tied where you play for clubs in America. You're not tied that you can't come back. So the rule is you can, you're gone from the 1st of July to the, to till when it ends. Right. So when you're knocked out of whatever championship over there. So once you're in America by the 1st of July, you can play till whenever your team there gets knocked out. So if that was the 20th of July, you're allowed to come back to Ireland and play. But for that period, you can't. So I don't know what way the Carlow Championship is running, but I presume it won't be do or die till the latter ends of August. There's only five teams in the Carlow Hurley Championship. So I know. At the and each other once, it'll... it would be a high possibility that if there was league matches that Marty's well, team might Mullins might be losing or whatever. Yeah, but see, the only thing is they could ask to play the football championship first in Carlo, and then I'm sure the footballers uh, are gone as well. Like this is going to be a big thing because the way it is now is there's literally nothing to keep you in. Like obviously, COVID is going to buy into this, and people didn't get to go. There's usually a certain cohort go to America, twenty three, twenty four, that age group go. Whereas now there's going to be a little backlog of lads who didn't get to go 25, 26 year olds yeah so this summer will be a kind of a bit of a an exodus in terms of club players leaving but with the Colin Finley and Joey Holland are gone to Nafina but they're at the other end they're in their 30s obviously but you're going to have a fair crop of lads after the county setups are gone club lads as well, well I wouldn't say that's a big problem going forward you don't think it'll be a big problem going forward? I'd say it's just going to be a big problem this year because of the backlog of lads that want to get away. Well, the old system, like at this stage now in Kilkenny, we'd have had three rounds of the league championship played. Yeah. And for like me personally, I'm training away, but like I'm not training like as if... I'm not training as if my life depended on it because I know it's not till... September. September or August. The, well, the matches. You know, yeah, not yeah, about but that no, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you you can kind of push it back. Whereas before, we could kind of like by the time March, in the March came around, you had a match the sixteenth of April. You knew you had to be kind of gearing up to play three big games. And when you're St Martin's, the first three games are crucial because if you, you be in relegation. yeah, if you win two of them, you could be safe for the year. So that's the way it was, and. It was probably ideal, but look, this is ideal too in terms of just 
it's split now. There's not this element of, I think it's great. I don't think the element of other sports winning out. I had no interest in looking at any of sports the weekend other than the hurling. So. so to be fair here, we said we keep the split season, it'll be fine. This year might be a bit of a problem with travelling, yeah. lads catching up from COVID, totally accept your point on that one. And then going forward, you'd stick with it. You don't see any argument that the lads are putting forward that they'll have the whole championship finished in July. You could push the matches back but is a couple argument? of weeks. Is that a self-serving oh. argument for them? I know they don't like it when you say it, but when you condense all these games and you have games clashing and the whole lot, they can only cover one. Whereas if you have a game every three or four weeks, they cover them all. And yeah. um, I know RT won't argue with that one and they won't, the Sunday game panelists well, won't fight with you about it. At the moment, the hurling seems to be getting a good, it's the football that seems to be getting pushed to the side. All the hurling games seem to be getting shown on RT and Sky. Because... There's been weekends there where I've been like, you were surprised there was football on. Yeah, like well, not that I would I, fo- I would follow that. it, but yeah, like there was a couple of Ulster Championship matches got played off there, and I was like, was that played? It was like on the Wednesday I heard the result, <laughs> and it was like, was that was that on the weekend? Whereas with the hurling, I know I'm looking for it, but yeah, but in Ulster, in Ulster they're still playing the full houses. But I would say to you that took a little bit of the emphasis off of football and. They won't thank me for saying it, but the fact that Dublin stopped winning all Ireland's, it stopped eighty thousand people going to watch them every time they bloody well played. Yeah. They played in the Which Leinster semi final last week, and I think there was thirty thousand people at it. Yeah. No one seemed to care. No. Uh, but the super Dublin fans that were all conquering and loved it, and every one of them had Arnott's written on their chests. And look, I they've be, disappeared fairly quickly. Yeah, I don't know why they're disappeared because I wouldn't be ruling them out. You've got to win the all Ireland yeah. this year, but you'll find eighty thousand dubs that haven't missed a Dublin game in yeah. twenty years yeah, will come out the work again. The razzmatazz around them is gone a bit. So yeah, but. That's the way, like Limerick, 11 minutes to sell out the Munster final. I remember going down to Limerick 12 years ago to play a league match, and there was about 500 there when they were on strike. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, so that's but like, do you see it though? Like, with, with say Dublin, like, I remember a fella because we were giving out when the dubs are on five in a row or four in a row, and you were like, oh, not again, and because they're hard fans to listen to as well, and there's so many of them, but. Every one of them seemed to think, oh, you know, we're the all-conquering dubs. We, we, you know, we're such good supporters and we're great and the whole lot. But now Dublin had a, well, now a rocky patch. It's like Kilkenny in, the, in their heyday having a rocky patch by not winning the All-Ireland for one year. Like Dublin have had a little bit of a rocky patch, but straight away their fan base has just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And because they're, I won't say they're a fickle crowd, but because they've so many other audiences, that they've, 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 they've wait to see Dublin at the weekend to be all Leinster rugby fans again, you know. So it's it's the history of sport. Like you're going to have your hardcore fans, and then when things are going well, you're going to get train loads of them. Yeah, you're going to get an extra ten, fifteen, twenty thousand on top of like Limerick, especially especially. You'd have twenty thousand extra going now to matches that weren't going because that's they're the team and that's what's going to happen. And do you think maybe like Kilkenny has, has their certain cohort of maybe five ten, but there for years Kilkenny are the only to have their set nearly amount and there'll be a few more jump on. But whoever have ten thousand fo- every yeah, game kind of yeah, thing. that's their following. But Clare being at a Munster final Clare, though, probably yeah. added to it as well. Yeah, but sure, it's great. Like Clare back in his. They're up for a year. They're going to have their, like you see Buffy Egan going through Ennis there the other day and it, they didn't even need to win the match and then it was a full house. So that's the buzz around them now. Tipperary, where's Tipperary's fans when they need them now? You know, 5,000, 10,000 at a match, 
that were Tipperary, the rest were nearly all Cork. So, look, that's just the history of sport. No, You're I, going to follow a team when it's going well, and but the real people will follow it when. So you think you think that there's no need to change this structure that we're no. after fitting. Stick with it. Maybe push it back a fortnight. In, into the start of August maybe what's the, what's the final July 17th July, well the, the, they'll all be finished by July the first one's the second week in July the 11th I think 17th and then the second yeah. one's the 28th and it's something yeah, like that so the, the 17th so you could push it back a week or two but sure it makes no difference it's, no. it really doesn't actually make a difference I think the championship starts in Kilkenny on the 28th of July that weekend yeah. so like if we weren't in it you could start it on the 14th of August and we've been moaning for a long time as club players that you know we're playing on mucky pitches and the whole lot and look it just gives <laughs> look if if Kilkenny potentially were gone last weekend you could have your boys TJ Reeds and all these boys could go off for a month after recharge the batteries I know their clubs could wait and they'd still be back on time play the championship yeah but Kilkenny have set their championship that it starts on the 28th of July if Kilkenny had went out they'd have left it that it started on the 28th of July I know for a fact because I've seen a letter that went to all the clubs last week in Wexford who had expected to get knocked out in Nolan Park that they were bringing a championship forward and they're going to play it in three weeks yeah interesting I, split season I, yeah, there yeah I know yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it always comes back to Kilkenny don't play the football is already over in Kilkenny you know and in all the other counties they haven't got that luxury yeah so that's just the way we we're lucky in this county, but in other counties they're not. They have to, and your leech in if he plays the football in hurling, he has to play. He'll be going all year. Yeah. It's just the same in Carlow probably. No, we we switch off that one, so we keep the split season as it is. The McDonough Cup, we're into the McDonough Cup final stages. It's a competition that's gone really well. The GA is launching the Talton Cup now. We started there last week. Couple of good games in it. The draw was a bit of a joke. Offaly drew Wexford in the first round of the Talent Cup after playing him in the first round of the Leinster Championship. They should have had a rule, I think, at the start that you can't play who you played in the first round. They divided it into north and south. That was a joke as well. Sure, um, that caused all that. Was, was that for was that for Diesel in the bus? Believe or? it or not, I'd say it was. Yeah, like so. Cost for clubs, if, if, uh, for counties. They wanted buy-in. So if you had Carlo playing Antrim in the first round of the Talent Cup, yeah. it would have been an overnight yeah, you wouldn't travel up on the day, and they didn't want to be putting sure, that if that's, expense. If, that, if that's the level of where their thinking is, should then the whole thing is doomed to fail. Like, I think the the only thing I will say is if they wanted to take off, like it's it's unfortunate. Joe McDonough Cup still hasn't got a sponsor. Yeah, but to me, I think it's a competition that that's that's going well. I think it's an unbelievable competition. It still hasn't been sponsored, and I still haven't seen a sellout crowd at a match. Yeah, uh, that needs that promotion. It does but need that. That's. I don't think that's ever going to be changed Eddie. I think the element of the two teams getting into the championship here now is unbelievable I think that if Antrim and Kerry get a shot at Wexford and Cork Cork I don't know about Cork but I think they could the way Wexford are they could give Wexford a mighty game whoever which one of them plays them yeah um Cork could probably run away with it just the way they are. Um, or lose. <laughs> well, no, no. Cork, when they played the weaker team, seemed to just hammer them unmercifully. Whereas Wexford could be very close, like obviously drawn with Westmead, but Westmead are the best of those teams. Um, so, I don't know. I, like, I think that's unbelievable. Leash bet, obviously, Dublin. So there's... I think that's the best thing they've ever done for those teams to get a chance see, in this the is, this McDonough. Is, it, it has progressed them and I think 
you know, it has progressed them teams. You know, then West you'll Mead. have the boys giving out before you start. Like, oh, Waterford are out and Antrim and Kerry get to come into the Lee McCarthy and that's their yeah, big argument you, then. But, like that to me is an, it's a nonsense, that argument, because Waterford got to play four top tier teams already. Antrim and Curry have had to play none so far and that's no disrespect to any teams they're playing against and that's the cherry on the cake. Or if Waterford want to... But if Waterford drop down to the McDonough Cup and win it, they can get a shot at one of them big teams. <laughs> um, so yeah. If that's if you're thinking at that level. But the biggest talking point I've seen last week, again, it's not going to get huge commotions about it. If Curry win... If Antrim win the McDonough Cup, they're in the Leinster Championship next year. If Curry win the McDonough Cup, they have to play Tipperary in a playoff to see who goes into the Munster Championship and the other team goes into the McDonough Cup. Yeah, well, that's that's very easily solvable by just putting Kerry in Munster next year. Um, and then, but like Tipperary probably trained away, probably still... Which I don't know they're, they probably, they're probably not trained this week but they probably will be back training next week should they have to give them the respect they deserve like no I don't mean it like, I don't I know, mean it like that I know I yeah but, but like they can't take a gamble on Antrim no, winning they, no and they can't take a gamble on them beating Kerry unmercifully either like I know I know like that's the element but like this is a joke of a game if Kerry come up it should be six teams a monster and obviously what way does relegation work then? Relegation works the very same the year after that the bottom team in Munster plays the bottom team in Leinster and the element of them drop out. The element of the fifth team in Leinster, they're safe. And it's the two the bottom of each group. So if Kerry were fifth in Munster, which probably won't happen for any a year, but but it, it, Kerry being the being the relegation final every year. But there's a good few permutations. Like if 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 Kerry win, Leash aren't relegated, mm. so they're playing the Leicester Championship next year. Antrim stay in the McDonough Cup, and Kerry go to play playing a playoff against Tipperary. Yeah, you with me? But if Antrim win, Leash are relegated. There's no playoff. Yeah, but. Do, do you get my? Do, I know. Do, I know yeah. why, what does that tell you? Does that tell you that the GA have said right? Leash and Westmead, yeah. you're in the bottom the end. Just never thought that Kerry would be doing this and getting to but there. Even, so. but, but that's fair enough. I, I accept. Maybe they didn't think Kerry would do it. So it's Kerry that's messed this up for them. But I think it's a bit unfair the fact that Westmead and Leash are treated with such a lack of respect that should one of them finish in the bottom two. That, like I've no doubt in my mind if, if, if Wexford had a slipped up or if Dublin had a slipped up or if Kilkenny had a slipped up they'd change the rules because yeah. they don't want Galway, Wexford or Dublin to drop out of Leinster it cheapens the whole championship oh yeah oh look I, it's easily solvable if Kerry win just get get rid of that match and let leave them up and don't even I know they probably can't do that and they won't do that but it'd be wholly unfair if Anderson win Fair enough. I think the sixth team in Leinster should always be coming down. That's the way it should be. If rotate if, and out you come. Yeah. If Kerry are not up, then. But if you had a sixth team in Munster all the time and you just took Kerry out of this championship, like the McDonough Cup was there to bring on the game. Yeah. They've obviously improved well, if, Kerry. If Antrim can come into the Leinster Championship. What's to stop them coming into the Munster Championship? Diesel as well, obviously. But um. <laughs> Yeah, what's to stop them going into the Monster Championship? Now, that's ridiculous, but I think maybe they should look at... Ah, they can't do things mid-season. They have to wait for a Congress, but if Kerry come up, then 
I think it's a joke if they get put back down. Just they're never going to put Tipperary. If Tipperary were to lose to Curry in a playoff, they're not going to put Tipperary in a McDonald's Cup. Oh no, they, it all changed then. But like the way it's going to work is Kerry, if they win, will play a tape, get bet, and then oh sorry, lads, you're into Joe McDonald. Okay, so before I let you finish up with me, right, the, the things that we've agreed to have to change now, so first and foremost, the Congress, the under-17s and the under-20s. Well, the first one that has to change, which is easily solvable, is the players not being allowed to play the... Under-20s. 20s, that's easily done. So that's straight away that has to change. That has to change. Under-20s moved to under-21s? I can't see it happening. I think they've just really... Dug won- in their heels. Yeah, they've dug in their heels and it's across every county now. And like... I think there was like little hidden mandates that some counties were rebelling and then I don't know was it under the counter kind of jobs where I was there murmurs of counties were like oh no we're going to stay with 18s and then there were made change did you ever hear any of that crack? No No. but it's something they would uh, I know I know it was going to happen in one county that they were sticking with their minor championship but then it was going to take them completely out of kilter with the rest of the country and yeah. it was going to affect the county team. And Yeah, so like little rogue counties weren't... So then everyone's in under the one banner so I think that would be impossible to change. Then the thing with Kerry, if Tipperary beat them and they go back down I think it'd be easily just say look Kerry, you're in the Munster Championship next year forget about that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like that's like they could just they should easily if Kerry win just say look go enjoy your summer Kerry are in the Munster Championship next year. Yeah, But, but like, I don't know I don't know why that, that hasn't been discussed. Well I don't know do they need to have some special sit down meeting to get that sorted but that's easily sorted as well. The one that won't be sorted is we're still to stick with 17 and 20 but I think a lot of counties need to dig their heels in and get together on that. That can be changed with enough of them doing it. Last thing I'll leave you with because it'll probably be the All-Ireland final before I get to speak to you again. We're saying, we're not saying, you're saying <laughs> Kilkenny are going to beat Galway in the Leinster final. Yeah. In the Munster final, Limerick will beat Clare. I think Clare will beat Limerick. In the Munster final, you're only saying yeah. that now. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I think Tony Kelly and I think they they have the momentum and I think then Limerick will come back and win the All-Ireland. Okay, so that, that's going to put you with Clare in an All-Ireland semi-final where will end up playing against the teams we knocked out. Kilkenny will be in the other All-Ireland semi-final. So if you're saying Limerick are going to win the All-Ireland, Limerick are going to be beating Clare, Kilkenny in an All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah. So you think Limerick will um, end up... But I think we'd give them the best match of the year. So okay. I think that'd be an unbelievable match of us and Limerick. So then you're going to have Limerick versus... Because they haven't played, we haven't played since that great match of 2019. The sideline cut day. Yeah. Right, okay. And then, so Kilkenny the, and Limerick in one And then you'd have Cork and Clare. Cork and Clare and the others are... Potentially... Or Wexford. Wexford. Or Antrim. Or Kerry. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so Clare or Cork. Yeah. And do you think Clare will win that? No, I didn't say I'm putting words in your mouth now. No, I'd say Cork could get to an All-Ireland then. And you think we're back to last year's All-Ireland yeah. pairing again of Cork and Limerick. Mm. And will we see more of the same? And what will that finish? Limerick to win the All-Ireland. Comfortably? Very comfortable. If they're playing car. <laughs> <laughs> so you think the, the biggest challenge they're going to get this year is against the Leinster champions, Kilkenny, in the yeah. All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah. John, a lot of predictions there. Yeah. Well, you were asked for them, but John, <laughs> as always, an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks a million uh, for popping into me today. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have righted a few of the wrongs in the GEA season this year. And uh, oh, look, We'll talk about off-air.
<laughs> that's brilliant that is of course John Mulhall joining me again this week on The Clash Act and I look forward to speaking with another GEA legend over the next couple of weeks thank you and I'm going to leave it there 